You're listening to The Room Block Podcast, a series of conversations with compelling professionals from the world of events and hospitality. I'm your host, Jen Salerno. I've spent the last 20 years in different facets of the industry, working alongside a variety of people that have one common goal, to serve our customers by creating memorable experiences. Now, I want to share with you the passions, inspirations, and challenges of the individuals who make it happen. Welcome to The Room Block and enjoy your stay. This episode is brought to you by JTS Connect, offering host, MC, and moderation services for live or virtual events, as well as podcast hosting and consultation. Please email me at jtsalerno at gmail.com or visit me on LinkedIn to learn more. Greetings, Room Block Podcast listeners. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the podcast where hospitality and event professionals meet. Did you know that the Room Block is now part of the Hospitality FM family? Founded by Will Slickers, who is a past podcast guest of mine and host of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, Hospitality FM is a podcast network dedicated to bringing the best hospitality-focused podcasts to those in and around the industry. From food and beverage, guest experience, diversity and inclusion, tech, operations, hotels, vacation rentals, live events, and so much more, Hospitality FM is passionate about giving the industry a prominent and louder voice to reach more listeners by going all in on audio. Visit hospitality.fm to reach a portfolio of 12 podcasts and over 1,200 episodes all about this industry that we hold so dearly. So we made it to March, everyone. In addition to more daylight, St. Patty's Day, and the first day of spring, March is also Women's History Month, which is a celebration of women's contributions to history, culture, and society. Therefore, what better guest to join me in the room block for this episode than the AV unicorn herself, Anka Trefan. Anka is the founder and CEO of Tree Fan Events, a woman-led boutique event planning and production agency offering event planning and production, technical consultation, strategic event design, production management, and live streaming for live virtual and hybrid events. As if this isn't cool enough, Anka is also host of the Events Demystified podcast, as well as a bodybuilder in training, snowboarder, wife, mother, and content creator. Anka's LinkedIn posts and Instagram stories show us what happens when you aren't afraid to be yourself unapologetically, even if that means being a woman in a male-dominated field, having to prove yourself over and over. They also show that Anka gives 100% to everything that she does and that she knows how to have a really good time, whether she is sharing footage of her mixing music behind the scenes or spending time outdoors with her beloved family. But perhaps the most apparent and endearing thing about Anka is that she is a true cheerleader for those who can be, at times, misunderstood, undervalued, and underappreciated. Her goal is to elevate, not only herself, although she clearly works to do this day in and day out, but also others. She wants to shine a light on each and every role that goes into making an event an outstanding experience for all, which is a mission that I can truly get behind. So as we begin Women's History Month, 
Sit back and listen while I shine a light on Anka and all that she has accomplished and continues to strive for. Anka believes, as do I, that we connect through sharing our stories and experiences. My hope is that you listen to Anka's journey from dream to reality and hear through her story that anything is possible if you are willing to put in the work and build exceptional relationships along the way. I am absolutely thrilled today to welcome my, I'm going to say my new friend, you are my new friend, Anka Treefan of Treefan Events, uh, which is a virtual and hybrid event planning management and production company, but I will let Anka tell you more about that. But welcome, Anka, to the show. Thank you so much, Jen, for having me. I feel like we're actually kind of all-time friends because we've already had the IMAX interaction and we spent a little bit of time. We had some FaceTime that, if you think about it, not a lot of people have had it. That's a blessing in itself. You're right. Because I have a lot of friends, good friends, acquaintances that I met online and virtually, especially over COVID, Mm -hmm. that I never got to see face-to-face. And I think we're like, come on. Like one level up from there because we got to meet in person. We did. Well, wait, wait, wait. And it, <laughs> can I remind you? It was really funny because so it was at IMAX, which was this past uh, November of 2021. Yep. And we were sitting in a room and we were watching someone presenting on stage. And then I get a text or a, you know an IM and you're like, I'm sitting over to your left. I'm like, oh my gosh, where? And I was looking for, you know, you you are a very lovely woman. I'm looking for your hair because I'm like, I recognize, but you had a hat on. (laughs) I did, that's right. And you're like, I can't see you. Where are you? (laughs) I I know, like, I don't know. And I don't want to be like weird and obvious looking all over the place. But no, that was so fun. So much fun. I'm so glad that we had that opportunity. Me too. I feel like um, I, um, I, I got to know you in person a little bit closer than just the interactions online. And I know that has a weight in itself, but it's always like, you know, the thing with our events, having that in-person interaction, having the ability to, you know, see somebody, how tall they really are versus, you know, what Zoom perception is and um, how, you know, we all have our way of exchanging our body language. And it was just so good to have that uh, opportunity. So I'm I'm definitely um, grateful that we did. Now into our conversation, um, what what should we talk about, Jen? Let's see. Well, I have a I have several questions I have prepared for you because so all right for those of you who are well you, whether you are or are not familiar with Anka, so we started I think noticing each other right if you will on LinkedIn and that the virtual world because she also has a podcast in the event industry so you know we podcasters have to stick together um, absolutely yes but Anka is a really you are I feel a very unique voice in this industry and you have a lot to say and you say it and I, that's why I really do love following you and watching you and paying attention because you are you not only have a unique voice you're in a unique space. And I want you to tell us all about that. But first, tell us how you got started in this wonderful industry of ours. And what do you do today? 
Yeah, I mean, that is a one episodic, uh, long, lengthy conversation itself. <laughs> it always <laughs> so is. So I'm going to try to keep it super short. Yeah, the cliff um, to the to the mention that you made about the podcast, um, it's called Events Demystified. And the reason why I'm bringing it up here right now is because actually I just released a brand new series, which I like to call the Rant Series, which is as it entails a series of a, like super fun, light, off-the-calf rants on topics that are rarely brought up or talked about in our industry for the reasons that you just mentioned, how not everybody has the same experience or point of view because they might come from just the planning community or just the AV production community. I happen to be someone that actually has dwelt full-time in both. I've been, I've spent equal amount of times in the planning uh, part of the industry as well as on the supplier side. And when I say on the supplier side, I'm not just talking about contract negotiations and vendor management. I'm talking about hands-on tacking in sound engineer roles, video direction roles, lighting designer roles, all the things that a lot of the event planners, they just have a very, you know, first level knowledge about, but they would never put themselves in those positions because that's not what their expertise is. And it's a good thing that they don't because they might do themselves a disservice when, you know, you try to tackle something that you're just not familiar with. However, that is my background. My background started way back into my radio days. And on this first rant that I released uh, recently, I give a little bit of an overview, like where do I come from and how do I feel like I can contribute as a unique voice into our industry? Because I do bring years upon years of hands-on uh, audiovisual production, as well as the event, technical event planning and the event planning that I've done um, over the years as well. So to keep this super, super short, as far as an intro, I started in radio uh, for a few different reasons. I had to leave the country related to uh, something that could be another topic in itself. And uh, I needed to find my way in the world. And my dream has been since I was like, I don't know, 11, I feel like I had this picture of the Statue of Liberty. That was the American dream. I knew that I needed to pursue the American dream, whatever that shape and form that might take for me. And I did not have enough opportunities in my own country, not are there any opportunities, unfortunately, even now for women in event productions in my country? And I feel like even in our world here, like in our advanced, you know, American civilization, mm -hmm. there's still a lot of uh, questions about how can a woman actually raise uh, rise to the topest level of uh, technical event production without sacrificing a lot? And is that even possible? So I'm uh, basically the person that um, I have lived that journey. And I'm here to tell people, tell women, encourage them and empower them that yes, it is possible. You do have to want it. It's like the same way, like, for example, I'm also embarking right now in a fitness um, journey because I want to compete in a natural national bodybuilding competition by fall. And really? I'm, yeah, and oh. I'm putting in the work day in and day out to get there. Now, wishing and willing that I might be able to get on stage in, in, in the fall, looking all, you know, cut and ripped, 
without putting any time, that's just, you know, that's a dream. That's not an actionable steps that I'm taking to get there. The same way with some of the, you know, in our industry where um, there's a lot of women that want to be and want to do all those things. But when it comes to, you know, the tire meeting the road, it's like there is some time that has to be put in. I didn't just start, you know, mixing A1 for some really red A-liners in LA uh, because I had some minimal, you know, audio knowledge because I started in radio. I put in years of like wrapping cables and doing inventory and learning gear and, and doing repairs on things that were just not glamorous, was just nothing, none of that was glamorous and I learned my way into figure out okay what do I need to know what are the steps that the blocking you know building blocks that I need to take for me to get from here I'm like intro level rookie (laughs) into audiovisual production to mixing sound engineer being a sound engineer mixing a one on a actual show so um Sometimes you just need to have that innate desire, passion to carry through, carry you through the times when it's hard. It's like you might feel like, like, I don't feel like working out today, but guess what? I'm going to push through that and I'm still going to go because I am determined and I am committed to my goal. And that goal, you know, even though it's not right now and here, but seeing it into the distance is what carries me to do the steps, do the work and put in the time that is required of me right now. And because I've worked, you know, I kind of walked this journey, I want to be that um, voice that encourages women that, yes, you can do it. If you want to mix, I don't know, for you throw in a name for whatever your miracle famous band is you can do it you just need to put in the time get gain the knowledge gain get the education that you might need to get there or you know even with event planning it's like oh i want to do you know event planning just for this famous people and i have that's fantastic that you have you know that as your goal what are the building blocks that is going to get you there you know mm-hmm. exactly well it, it, what a perfect thing to use as an analogy, um, just talking about working out and your goals to do this competition later this year. I mean, it it is so true. I mean, those are like visible results, right? If you can actually get to that point, but it obviously takes months and months and months of work to get there. So yeah, same thing with your career as well. And you've obviously put in the time and you are extraordinarily tenacious. I mean, I think anyone could tell that just by observing what you do. I mean, you have multiple social media accounts where you talk about your various projects, um, you know, your company, the podcast. I know you have one about working out as well. I mean, it's... <laughs> but I'm trying I... to keep them all in buckets so they're not like so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you're so, you're just really good about telling your story. And I think that is something that's really that, that resonates with a lot of people because you you show people what's possible and you aren't shy about explaining like actually it's really hard and it takes a ton of work. And I do love when you go off on a rant. Like that's a great <laughs> a great format for a podcast, I think, because there's not enough women especially getting out there and just saying how they really feel. So hats off to you for doing that. 
Thank you. Appreciate it. I feel like sometimes I get so many like insightful things by working out. For me, just starting into onto this journey by itself was a form of self therapy. <laughs> I could see that. Right. Exactly. And I feel sometimes, you know, we need more of that than we're willing to um, to acknowledge, but or even admit to ourselves. But I have talked. Uh, I have talked with a lot of other women as I get the pleasure to interview them on my podcast. And and I love when people share their stories. I feel like everybody has a story that is worth sharing. It's the dignity of us being human beings that we need to give each other the opportunity to do that. It's like the same way we give each other the opportunity to breathe. It should be embedded, like, because my journey might be different than your journey, Jan, but you have a very unique journey in itself. And that's how we connect with people before social media, before all form of media, really. If you think about, like, into our all the way into our cavemen, uh, whatever days they were, we connected through stories. Information was processed, but also was advanced through the fact that people were storyteller first. Mm -hmm. They were sitting by the fire, they're eating, they're like, just like me, the man cave, you know, uh, protein, <laughs> chicken leg, that's all I consume <laughs> to gain more, more muscle mass as I'm working through my macros. Yeah, this is a completely side <laughs> topic. But um, they were, they were basically telling stories and they might have heard the story from another story and a story starts like, you know, building legs at one point. <laughs> sure, exactly. But it is the fantastic way of us as a human race to connect. I'm laughing thinking about what you were just describing. Maybe those are like the earliest events, right? The earliest, uh, you know, event gatherings, That's people right. together telling their stories. So on that note, I would like to know from you, like, what type of event is your favorite to work on? Because we, I see, I see you doing a lot and lots of different things. There's a lot, there's a lot of pictures of Anka in front of this massive soundboard. And I'm like, what? I don't even know. Like, how do you know how to do this stuff? But so what, where do you really shine? I, because again, I am in so many ways, such a nerd when it comes to um, gear and to operating, um, complicated mixing boards with a lot of buttons uh, that a lot of people don't understand. They're actually they're just a repetition of one channel over another for like maybe 120 times. <laughs> I love to put myself into tech positions because for me, it's important to keep my knowledge of um, production, of sound engineering, of lighting design, operating lighting boards, video uh, directing, video editing, video switching, all of that is important to keep uh, myself in the know and uh, being able to troubleshoot on the fly because that's what makes me in my position as a technical event producer or director um, the best I can be so I can oversee a team of people, a team of technicians and be able to troubleshoot or be able to be aware where there might be a problem. That's the biggest asset that I provide when, you know, in conversations uh, that I have with my clients when I'm trying to explain my position or my 
my role because sometimes it can be really tricky like sometimes i feel like because it's such a unique niche my role is kind of hard to to describe how you know um i personally like to see it as this synergetic agent basically the catalyst between the planning team and the av production team having worked again equal amounts of times on both the planner side and the supplier side and i can feel any production role any technical production role that there is from technical producer to sound engineering to video edi editing to lighting designing and have those low, uh, roles you know um filled i have filled those roles on different occasions based on the event uh, but i can also take on planning uh roles like contract negotiations and speaker vendor management and all those duties that event planners do now um with that being said, doesn't mean that I want to do it all. And this is where like, mm. I, because I'm in this unique position, which I, I call it a blessed position, I get to choose what is the thing that I want to do on this event that I'm more passionate about. And for me, it has always been like AV um, production, event production has always trumped. Like if you're going to ask me, do I enjoy to take care of a room block? <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> or, you know, deal in hotel negotiations or in food and beverage and figure out all that side of the event versus taking care of the technical event planning of the event, the technical event planning of the event, it's always going to be my where my heart is. It's always going to be where my passion is because where I feel like that's where I can bring the most to uh, just because of the experience that I've had. Now, as a sound engineer, because that's really my number one main um, training, the pass into the event world, I love to mix live shows. Like many times I would, you know, hire myself out as a freelancer or even like um, do pro bono work for different organizations, concerts, churches, uh, houses of worship, whatever, anything. And in between that, they need the help of a sound engineer, because for me, that is Fun. It's like when you're a musician and you're probably your full time job is to be, I don't know, mechanical engineer, but your, you know, your heart explodes when you pick up a guitar and you just go and jam. That's what sound engineering does to me. Like I get to explore my creativity and my technical side all at the same time by creating this mix of, you know, somebody's band or somebody's whatever um, they might have going on. And I know that I put my fingerprint on it by giving it my own unique color. And that is something that I do a lot as even sometimes it's a hobby. I love to mix. I do that um, every other week. I, I would uh, have a gig that I would just put myself in that position on weekends. But uh, from a business point of view, you know, I then have to pick and choose what is the role I want to play just because I can be the coach and I can be the, I don't know, the, the player doesn't mean that I have to be both at the same time. And this is where the power of relationships and partnerships and connections come into play because now that I know that I have to fill different positions with different people and knowing myself that I don't want to do the planning, that's when I can reach out to my event planners and be like, okay, so here's, you know, an event that I'm working on. I don't want to do the planning. <laughs> can you partner with me on this and I'll take care of all the other technical logistics and stuff, you know, and um, that position can be also, uh, you know, come with certain challenges because 
putting myself again as this catalyst between the, you know, planning team uh, for other clients and the AV production team, I I have to play a neutral role, right? I am on both the side of the planning team and the AV production team because they're both my clients. But I have to walk such a such a fine, you know, narrow line so that uh, my client can would use me again because I, you know, produced and provided them with all this value while not upsetting my AV vendors and partners because I don't want to discount their, um, um, you know, contribution to the event while at the same time having the best interest in mind that my client has, right? So it's a very, very fine line that sometimes I have to find myself in conversations on either side. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm your friend. I can, it's hard to be neutral uh, when you're in this position because at the end of the day, it is my client that pays me, but I love you guys on this side because I'm one of you and I want you to understand that my intentions are pure when I come to you and I say, hey, we really need to work on this proposal to make this a better option for the client because the client is, you know, this is their limit. This is what the budget is. This is what they're working with. And And I want to help them the most I can. And if you're being rigid on this side, then I need to pick somebody else. I need to find a solution. I just hate when I have to go in between vendors and like, you know, uh, basically shopping for proposals. That's that as, as the agent it makes it really hard because then I'm not building a relationship with you. I'm not, I have mm-hmm. partners and vendors that I work with where, or, you know, on a mi- midnight text call type type of like, relationship where I'm like, hey, I really need to turn this proposal tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Can you please get it to me tonight? Right. <laughs> and they will say, yes. And what do we need to do to make it happen? That when that question comes, I'm like, oh my gosh, my heart is just like blooming with joy because we're both in this together to make it happen for this client. And it might be my client, but I trust you with such a big piece of this client's uh, business that I need to have your full trust and you have to have my full trust that we can actually work together and, and execute. You're going into so much of what is my favorite part about this industry, which is the fact that you really just do need to have those really solid relationships. um, And that's what gets us through the tough jobs that everyone has. You know, I mean, like everything you just mentioned, I mean, there were so many different roles and positions and tasks. I mean, there's just clearly so many layers involved with putting these events on. And when you said that your intentions are always pure, I think that that's so apparent and so true. And I think that's probably what makes you stand out as an event professional, because you are truly looking out for everyone's best interest, which, you know, it's, it's, it sounds ideal, but you know, well, why not? Right. (laughs) We're we're in the business of making magic happen. So it is. And I feel like sometimes we do get clouded out by, well, it is the bottom line. We have to think of the bottom line. We have to think like, it's true, but not at the expense of a relationship or burning bridges, not at least in my book. I agree. And not in this industry. It's just too small. Exactly. <laughs> and to me, that's where the value comes the most, knowing that um, 
I've got your back and I'm going to make it happen. Even if this right now, currently in this situation might play in my disadvantage from maybe a financial point of view, you know? And yeah, sure. I don't want to lose on every event because then like, what am I, how am I going to pay my bills? But uh, I am dedicated to my clients. I am dedicated to my partners. And that's why I don't even like to call, you know, AV vendors, vendors or suppliers, because I want them to see me as an extension of their team. And the same way with the event, um, with the event planner and the development director, I want them to see me as, as someone that is there for their best interest to to advocate for their best interest as a extension of their team, even if I'm not on their team, right? Great. And uh, that makes that that you know makes you different in your space, and and that's what I you know personally I'm okay with being different. I had to I struggled, okay? I struggled to come to this place because being different also means that you might have a hard time belonging to one group or another. And you have to understand, okay, then what are the unique set of skills or, um, you know, things that you bring to the table that makes you different and you can use that in your advantage and you, you can accept the fact that, okay, I might not be like every other event planner in time. I might not be like every other technical event director that usually is a male, <laughs> but uh, I have a set of skills and I bring a set of unique um tools to the table, you know, and especially a lot of the things that are not talked about is the emotional intelligence that we as women possess and are able to deploy in our advantage to to be able to negotiate, you know, some of the things that otherwise are, are just, you know, are hard things to get into, are hard things, to, conversations to have, you know. So, it, it, yeah, it's whole conversation itself. Let's call it the, you know, the next topic of uh, discussion, how even EQ can help you in event um, planning and event productions to, you know, uh, nail some of your goals. Exactly. Well, so you mentioned something really key here, and I think this is a key part of your story and, and what you're vocal about, but you mentioned about people in these tech roles or production roles tend to be male. And you are obviously not. So, but I try I, to fit in. I always like. You find your, I, I assume you find yourself a lot of the time being the only woman in the room, right? I and, have, yes. And, and, yeah. and, the, and you are in charge in a lot of these scenarios. So, can you speak a little bit about that, about the challenge that that has been over the years and how you've overcome? It's um, it's a conversation that I feel like it's ongoing because now definitely more than before, there's more women that stepped up in uh, technical roles and leadership uh, roles uh, in this production world. And I have, you know, friends that lead uh, event production companies that I am so fond of. Actually, over COVID, I started seeking them out. I started like trying to find them like we like you said you know us podcasters need to stick together like the same way that sometimes when you're one unique voice or in one unique niche 
you feel like, okay, so uh, this worked okay, me going at it alone, but I need a squad. I need some people that I can connect with. I can have some conversations, some hard, sometimes conversations to be had because this is how I feel. This is are some of the challenges and the barriers that I face. Have you faced so, those, some of those things? Can I learn from your experience so I don't have to, you know, uh, hit my head uh, on the wall because <laughs> I can't yes. figure it out. But it can be a difficult conversation to have, you know, when on a from the male point of view, they don't see things the same way that I perceive them or see them, right? Like the fact that I'm on a say, I'm on an event, I am the event tech lead, and I come into the room with uh, you know, a stream of guys. They're all good looking guys. <laughs> The more looking, uh, good looking, the better. I'm kidding. But uh, it's like a, a basically an army of guys. And here comes this five foot two little girl that um, in many cases, if I didn't have like, for example, some rapport with the client prior to that uh, coming into the room to transform the room and create, you know, the experience that we're going after, they would not uh, always know that I'm, it could be like, oh, yeah, she does the flowers or she's here to do decorations or, right. I don't know, set candles on the tables or something. <laughs> right. It's you so like, easy they to need to trust you. You're, yeah, exactly. To pigeonhole people in certain uh, positions in your mind because uh, it's outside of what you're used to seeing. And um, if they would be like, okay, so I need to talk to, you know, uh, whoever the lead is. And this happened a, a lot more when I was working for other AV production houses and I was actually basically assigned to, to going and executing the event because now I basically have a, an interaction with a client prior to showing up on, on site and they know that it would be me and I'm obviously a female because we've already had all these conversations prior to that. Right. But um, during those times, I'd be like, they'll be asking, okay, so who's the boss here? Like, I want to talk to, you know, whatever the person in charge and they would go to whatever the tallest guy in the room. And even if that was maybe my rookiest guy that I just happened to hire as a freelancer to do maybe a camera operator or, or I don't know, like tape down cables or something, you know? And, um, and, and here's where having that relationship, a two-way relationship with your client, but also your vendor is so important because now that guy would be like, if he, and I've had snarky guys before on the crew where I had to like, you know, put back into shape. But um, if, you know, if, if he felt like, oh no, I'm trying to be bossy now and advance in my career, I'm just going to give this, you know, client, like put myself out there and just give them all this information that I think I know, which might very much be, you know, wrongful information because he has not been in any of the meetings or decisions that have, you know, been made for the event. Or he could say, you know what, uh, thank you so much for asking. Uh, here's the person that actually has the answer and point to me or whoever will be in charge, right? So having that relationship with your uh, partners, with your vendors, with your suppliers, where they acknowledge and respect you in that position and they can point to you without feeling like uh, they're lesser than. And even as a woman in AV production, I feel like sometimes we do struggle with uh, this perception that just because we're a woman, we're lesser than a man in the same role. Because at the end of the day, if you know, uh, we have to be confident in who we are in our abilities, because we are equally trained and capable of tackling whatever 
technical problem, last minute thing, or running any technical role that there is. And we could even be more nerdier and more technical than guys in certain uh, situations. And also another, I feel like misconception in our event world is, well, if you start a family, you're not as dedicated now to your role as you Mm. were before, or you're not as committed to this, whatever position or another, or um, whatever you fill in the blanks. And that couldn't be, you know, far away from the truth because I've had my son in the middle of like a busy season. I literally worked until my 40th week. I was on a ladder. (laughs) Those are things that probably only crazy people like me do. And that's okay. Um, Hanging Lico's, you know, if people don't know what those are, source force, like super long, heavy, you know, lighting fixtures. I can picture this. (laughs) Yeah, my water broke the next day. But it's like, I'm committed until my last day to be here and get the job done. And then I'll be back when I'm ready for it, you know, to pick it up. And um, and that's commitment. Yes, there's going to be uh, us feeling like, I've always, the moment I had kids, I've, I've always felt like I'm broken between me being a good mom and me being a good businesswoman and a good, you know, uh, producer and a good technician and a good whatever hat I was wearing at the time. And any, it's, it's definitely, it's a difficult place to be in, but my passion and my commitment to whatever place I was in was never questioned because I give it my all. And even now, like I give it my all when I'm in that position or whatever situation or whatever project, that's one thing that I know I will never be guilty of to just do like half measure things, you know? I I could totally see that. I have no <laughs> doubt. And I have no doubt that you are second to none as far as your expertise and what you do and your dedication to it. So, I mean, it's just it's so obvious listening to you talk and watching you work, just how much love and dedication you have for what you do. And so it's very inspiring. So I hope that the audience is enjoying listening to what you have to say. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And I hope more women, you know, will step in whatever position that they feel like they should or they're called to without any fear that that might, you know, might not be the place for them. There's seasons and seasons for sure. And um, I I love the season I'm in, but it was, you know, one, again, stepping block after another to get to where I'm at now. Oh my gosh, I love that concept of the different seasons. And that is something that I don't think I understood even after having children was that it's okay to take different periods of time Mm -hmm. and treat yourself or your career or your family, whatever it may be, slightly differently based on whatever it is. Makes sense at the time. You always have a chance to change your mind or to revisit something. I mean, we're always evolving. So, like, that's okay. It's okay. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So, I would love if you would give the audience um, some information about where they can find you, find your podcast, find your website, your company, all that good stuff. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity, Jen. And again, this conversation, I feel like it could go on and forever. (laughs) I'm having a really hard, a really good time and it's hard to stop it. As you mentioned, I am the, um, 
technical event planner and I like I love to call that I basically came up with this title by myself <laughs> but um, I am the founder and CEO of Trifun Events which is an agency that provides it's a boutique event planning and production agency that provides event planning experience design and production management for live virtual and hybrid events at the same time um, I love to host events demystified the tactical podcast that I started a few years back and uh, one of the niches that really uh, it tries to feel more is this technical and production world and providing strategy tips and tools for anyone beginner or pro in the event industry and um, and that can be found at eventsdemystified.com or on any other major you know uh, listening platforms and i'm also the founder of this online community that uh, it's called women in events tech plus prod it's a platform that advocates for women in the technology and the production world it's, it's something that again it was it's a passion that's been fueled by this deep conviction that there is a need for more women role models in the production event world because something that i did not have as i was you know raising myself up and training to be all those things in the event production world i did not have a women role model i had mm. plenty of male mentors and i'm very grateful for that but i did not see vision i could not envision what does that look Look like a woman walking in this role and how does this woman also you know have a family on the side and a business and do all those things because I did not have that role model for myself and it was very hard having to fill in the blanks and sometimes you know making the right decision or the right choice and then paddling back and starting again again just because I did not have that and I wish I did so if, if there's a way in which we can provide that type of support for women as they come into the industry, as they come into event productions moving forward, I think it's, it, it should be our legacy that we do. Absolutely. I love that you started that. I mean, you were giving people what you needed. What do they say? I feel like in therapy that sometimes like our biggest um, pains and problems is what um, will um position us in the best place possible to solve that for others. Uh, right, exactly. It's like from your from your own pain, if you will, comes your purpose and, exactly, and leading exactly. others. Right? I knew you would know the quote because I usually get to butcher those. Like, I don't know if that's right. My podcast. <laughs> All right, so I have one, one last thing that I'm going to ask you. It's a little... My little surprise question that I ask every guest. Bring um, it on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to give you an opportunity to issue, because it's, this is the room block, right? So, you know, it's like it's like you're a guest in a hotel. No, I'm just, I'm, present, I'm play, painting a picture. No, I love it. Okay. Please paint the full picture. I love it. <laughs> so you have an opportunity to issue a compliment or a complaint. And it doesn't have to be about anything related to this industry it can it could be about anything at all that you just feel strongly about either way a compliment or a complaint am i issuing it to you or the like the manager on uh, just on charge op open to letter the universe the universe. open letter open letter i think for me the um one of the compliments that i'm going to issue i'm gonna you know uh stick with positivity <laughs> 
<laughs> and um, and just highlight how there's so many um, people, good people behind the scenes that they never get acknowledged on an event. And uh, many times, you know, everybody that's up front on stage, you know, that they get the glory. And that's great, you know, because they did put, you know, some time. But sometimes like even you know, you hire a guest speaker that has no tension to your event and you pay them a really good honorarium and they get all the glory where you know that the heavy lifting has been done by everyone that's behind the scenes, the event planner, the event producer, the um, every technician in whatever role that they're feeling, you know, the people that um, are um, feeding you the food and everyone that's in the decor and the setup crew the before the event even started and the before and after the event will end they will be there they're the first ones to come in and the last to leave those are the people that to me are my heroes when it comes to um, events because they rarely get to be highlighted and many times when they do get highlighted is for the wrong reasons <laughs> it's because something True. got messed up or whatever some the food is not right or sound is not good because if it's something feedback or the screens just went dark or the lighting just turned you know uh crazy or whatever something wrong for the wrong reasons and um and they're not praised enough for their ability and capability to really leave that fingerprint on that event, one event at a time, event after event. That is beautiful. I love that you said that. It is a perfect compliment, uh, especially coming off of, um, I was just in Las Vegas last week for PC Make Convening Leaders, and you know, what a production. I know it was hybrid. I didn't see any of the hybrid portion or mm -hmm. the digital portion, but right, all of the roles the thousands of people that really go into putting something like that on. So thank you exactly. for saying that because it is definitely needed for everybody to recognize. So I always nice. say, you know, I, this desire that I have in my heart that, you know, how nobody dreams to be, uh, to become a stagehand, right? But what if we turn the conversation around and make that stagehand be the superstar that when somebody comes into this industry wanting to fill in a role, they look at it as something that is worthy of pursuing, is worthy of putting time. And it's not like a second hand type of job that, oh, I just fell into this because I'm not good enough to be in any other place, you know? Wow. Yeah. Why not? Exactly. Well, if you keep up with the efforts that you've been doing, I have no doubt that someday all of these positions will be elevated to the place that they should be. So one thing you. that I know, though, Jen, is like it takes an army, like one voice. It's not enough. And it's many voices amplified that will really make enough noise to create that type of movement. That's true. Well, we're all going to do our part to keep shouting it out. So let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Aka. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And I can't wait to have everyone hear this episode. And everyone has a task now. Shout it out. <laughs> Shout I'm out. I'm going to give you something to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Spread the good word. All right. Well, thank you again. And enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. And this was a pleasure.